baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, Target made news last week, and I was pretty excited about it, suggesting that maybe this, you know, this whole work-from-home hybrid workforce is, uh, has been a little overblown. Maybe we will see return to the office. But the more I think about it now, I'm wondering, is Target going far enough? So we thought we'd get Adam Dunnick on. Adam is the, uh, of course, new chairman of the Minneapolis Downtown Council. I said that he's been on the president of the Downtown Council. He's been on the job just for a couple weeks. He joins us now on the John Schuster Cobble Banker Hotline. So let me start there, Adam. Does Target's decision go far enough? I mean, they're not forcing their employees to come back for for at least a week, a quarter. They're merely, you know, recommending they do. Would you like to see Target do do even more here? You know, I first of all, I want to say thanks for having me on, Adam. Sure. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it's it's steady progress. It's incremental, and it's an important step in the right direction. Uh, we've been pretty clear, at least I have been since I started. There's no way at this point that the downtown council could stand up and say, you need to come back to work. We need you down here. And then all of a sudden employees are going to show up. There's just their own uh, reality that each business, each employer has to go through to make that decision, that determination. And so, uh, but what I do like is progress and incremental progress, the right direction, the right trajectory. And Target does set a certain tone. I've actually even met with some other members last week and this morning of ours saying, you know, when Target makes a move, we pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it, it sets a pace and that's exciting news. And I'm Really proud to see them uh, have people come back to work even more. It's, it's great news. Are there other big employers uh, in downtown Minneapolis that you are waiting for or expecting maybe to make, not necessarily a similar decision, but hope? Let me ask you this. Are you hopeful that there are other big employers that look at Target and say, okay, we're, let's reevaluate what we're going to do? I am. I'm hopeful that they pay attention, that the certainly that the corporate leadership of each of these different companies and businesses talk with each other. And so they see that and talk about it and, and talk about the benefits. And for me, the real reason, the benefit to have people in person is that the reason that you work together is to collaborate, to see people in, in person, to network. You know, one thing I've heard pretty clearly from both young employees themselves and people who have kids who are young employees is if you haven't really been to the office much, if you started a professional career in the last three or three years or so, and you haven't been to the office, you don't really understand the importance of that face-to-face contact, that regular communication with people in leadership, finding mentors can be harder. So from a talent and a recruitment standpoint, when we think about what we want to be as a region, we really want to be a place where great ideas come together. And we have this corporate community, this business community downtown. That's an important part of our city. Talking to Adam Donick, who is the uh, president, chief executive of the Minneapolis Downtown Council uh, and the Minneapolis Downtown Improvement District. Uh, this is balanced with the reform, with the reimagining of downtown, which we've heard from. We've had RT uh, Ryback on several times talking about what downtown will look like in the years to come, specifically with residential, more residents being down here. How do you balance that with, you know, waiting to see what kind of impact, what kind of footprint these businesses will have moving forward with how much uh, dedication there will be to people who want to live down here? Yeah, that's a constant uh, tension point, I guess, for us, too, as a council. We're also doing our, our every decade plan. It's the 2035 plan. 
I did take a pretty close look at the Minneapolis Foundations plan. I think uh, very highly of it. I'm a big fan of RTs. He's a big booster of downtown. My approach has been the more hands on deck, the more people that are thinking about downtown and ways to uh, continue to reimagine downtown, the better. Uh, but in terms, just to directly to your question about residential, Minneapolis has seen a huge explosion in downtown residences from even back when I was chair of the Met Council, the population growth, I think, is close to doubled. We're over 55,000 people downtown uh, and with a goal of possibly growing to even 70,000 or more. And so as we take a look at our plan, one of the things we think about is the three uh, sort of avenues of, of what people come downtown for live work and play. They either live here, they work here and their normal shift or their daily work, or they come down here just to recreate, to see uh, a show, a concert, a professional sports game and the like. But the thing about that is, is if we see, if we see the balance of work go down, if all of a sudden we don't have 210 or 215,000 workers here every day, can our residential population still create a vibrant downtown? Right. And the, the growth that we've had already does some of that, but how much, you know, one, how much room is there for more development? Are there good sites for that location? The other big question our group has talked about is, can we think about a world in which more families live downtown? Because right now we really uh, live in a place where it's more likely you're a young single person, sometimes, uh, you know, some, or, or sometimes you're uh, married as well. But once people have a family and start having children, they quickly do not have that. The housing's, choices downtown just do not exist and so they have to move Uh, and then we have lots of people returning back to downtown if they're either retiring or or empty nesters and have an ability to live in a one or two bedroom unit so housing choice is a big question if there's a chance to recruit or attract rather uh, young families i think that would be the benefit of all of us there's not a world-class city that doesn't exist across this country and across the world that doesn't have thriving families and children around downtown. So is that a possibility? Is that kind of a next step for us? That's something we're talking about pretty actively right now. Looking at the Nicollet Mall and the proposals that have been made there, including, you know, the, the ability to, you know, leave a bar and, get, you know, have a cocktail out on the street and go to a different spot. What, what is your ideal picture of how that looks in the future? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I am a big advocate of a more pedestrian, uh, accessible Nicollet Mall with a lot of people on it. Now, that's been a challenge at times. I know there's been this longstanding debate about whether we should have buses on Nicollet Mall or not. And that's something I hope to have a conversation with the Metropolitan Council and Metro Transit soon. In fact, I'm meeting with them this week. And I know a lot of others are, are, have championed that issue as well. The city's explored kind of what uh, Nicollet Avenue would look without buses on it. That's one thing for us to be mindful of and thinking about. But more than that, I think what we just need to do is continue to create a a full downtown experience that's, one, safe, because that's the most important. If we Mm -hmm. don't have a safe downtown, people aren't going to come down here. But two, one where people just get together with more frequency and with that kind of vibrancy. So downtown uh, bars and restaurants being active, the theater district uh, energized, things like Orchestra Hall and the Guthrie and professional sports teams doing their events. That's what downtown really is for most people. Uh, I mentioned 
live, work, and play earlier, that play element, that entertainment part of downtown, we have some of the most incredible restaurants and amenities of any city I would put up against uh, others in the country. And so the more we can uh, promote that, make sure people know that, and then make sure that when they come down here, they're having what I would call the full downtown experience where you're doing a little bit of everything. You don't just come down to watch a basketball game or a football game and then go home. You don't just come downtown to go shopping and then go home, but kind of do a little bit of everything. And I think a pedestrianized Nicollet Mall will create an incentive and an environment for that to happen, but we have to make sure it's safe. We have to make sure that the uh, transit operations can do what it has to do to move people in and out of the city as well. You mentioned the safety aspect. That's a big hurdle to overcome, especially when you're talking about people coming in from the suburbs or uh, from greater Minnesota. How confident are you that uh, the police department in its current form will uh, make that happen, ensure that this is a, de- a safe area, especially given you know the facts with the city council and how hesitant they are, seemingly, to give the police department the tools they need? I'm cautiously confident, and the reason that is is because the last year has shown some important community partnerships that both we're a part of as the Downtown Improvement District, as well as other businesses stepping up to do things like Warehouse District Live and activating parts of the city, because an acti- that, that's something that I believe strongly, activation and vibrancy breed safety and vice versa. The, the safety issues really come into play when there's just not a lot happening. We have parts of the city that are just quiet mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of feet on the street, eyes and, eyes and ears on the street. And so um, the reason I say I'm cautiously confident is because I know the inspector is doing an outstanding job downtown. I know the Metro Transit Police Chief is doing a great job. There's more cohesion in our approach to public safety than there has been. Now, what I like to see the city council and the mayor and everybody kind of come together around a more common vision for public safety. Absolutely. And the fact that we haven't kind of been able to bridge some of those divides is, is a big challenge we have to overcome. I also think the job of being a cop right now is not a very appealing one. And no. What can we do to encourage our law enforcement, show them we have their support, and know that they need both a community approach to policing and they need the community's support to do their job? Uh, you know, that, that, That's a huge thing. Recruitment and getting people to look at a job in law enforcement right now is a huge challenge. And I commend them for what they do, and I hope that we can continue to build on some of the successes we've seen this year. It's the holidays right now. Uh, is there any anticipation that some sort of a holodazzle may return to downtown at some point? Yeah, I'll tell you what I've, I've told others. I'm cautiously optimistic about that, too. I, I stopped short of promising it's coming back, but I know it's imperative for us to put on holodazzle. I'm working on it. Uh, we're talking to a lot of uh, corporate sponsors and community sponsors, people that would be involved in it. And I really think, you know, the jo- uh, one thing that we can do since this is, you know, me coming into the new position here is we can kind of rethink what Holodazzle has been or if there's other opportunities for, for doing it in different places around the city or maybe it's not just one place like it's been, but it's a series of events. Uh, we need Holodazzle. It's an important part of the winter celebration here downtown. I think some of what we've done with the pop-up shots, shops, the uh, Nicola shops and the Dayton's Market and some other things down here have been uh, somewhat successful. We've certainly seen a boost in and people coming downtown, but we really need to have that more focused holodazzle. If we can really uh, rec- recreate that next year, I'm going to work my butt off to make sure we do. Uh, downtown Council President Adam Dunnick, last question for you. Uh, the thing you're most excited for in regards to downtown Minneapolis for 2024? Oh, man, uh, that's a hard question. I think both completing our plan and then talking to the community about the vision, because you know, planning processes can seem to some 
a little bit mundane and you come up with a document or whatever, but this is going to be a really strategic and organic vision. We want it to be iterative. We want the business community, the residents, the other key stakeholders from the city to be involved in this because we're thinking about the next 10 years of downtown. And when we re, when we reimagined the downtown uh, region over 10 years ago with our previous plan, we didn't have a Viking stadium. We didn't have a commons park. We didn't have a renovated and, and re, um, a reconstructed Nicollet Mall. We did all those things. We accomplished some really big things. So I'm excited about our 2035 plan, and I'm excited about how that can reshape downtown. You know, not that long ago, we didn't have all this residential high rises. We didn't have all kinds of uh, added uh, business capacity too, in commercial markets, uh, commercial real estate here. Think about how much downtown has changed the last 10 years, and what the opportunity is coming the next 10 years. I think we. Uh, have a huge opportunity in front of us, and I think we're poised to bounce back despite the challenges that we've been facing. Adam, thanks for the time. Uh, we'll uh, talk in the future. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Take care. You have yeah. a good day. Yeah, you too. Adam Donick, uh, Downtown Council President. 1120, uh, News Talk 830, WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 